0: Welcome to episode 12 of Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's episode is the second installment in the Baltimore Boys trilogy, featuring Luke Chohani, a fantastic old-time and bluegrass guitarist, and I gotta say, he really does have a lovely voice. We take a sweet little break from being rowdy boys, and Luke sings a couple, and it is fine, 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 fine singing. Trigger warning, Trigger warning, There is some ginger tea slurping in the next hour. I'm really grateful Luke made it for us because it really chilled me out at the time I recorded this. I had only recorded two episodes, so I was a little jittery. But to those of you with weak constitutions, I apologize. There will be ginger tea slurping. Also, there's a little bit of exposition in this episode about the mechanics of the old-time tradition, how tunes evolve, how people learn the music, It may be redundant for some, but it would be a great introduction for anyone that's unfamiliar with old time. Maybe you've been trying to get your boyfriend to come with you to an old time festival. This week's episode would be a great primer coat. Stick around after our jam for info on how to support the show and how to hear this week's bonus tracks. Cook House Joe and Walk Along John to Kansas. I'm excited for you, friends. We really had a good time trying to play all of the notes. Here's my delightful time with Luke Chohani. Take a listen. yeah that's closer to how he originally did it uh thanks for being on the show luke choni thank you (laughs) lucas yeah how do you say your last name i actually don't know at good this is a good time to ask it's a great time at the beginning of the show yeah Uh, uh, it's like the yogurt chobani but chohani chohani yeah all right i spent so much time asking you like which first name you wanted and then i screwed that up (laughs) This podcast you brings us up to it. a great start. Yes. Yeah, All right. Yeah. thanks for being on the show, man. Yeah, uh, yeah what was the name of that tune? That was called Boy Them Buzzards Are Flying, and
1: that was actually the first tune that I... Well, I don't know if I've learned any other ones from you, but I remember learning
0: that tune from you at Clifftop mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a couple years ago. That was a good jam. Yeah, that's a good jam. Good start. We started this whole like um, uh, email thread. Well, I think Andrew... Uh, what was his last name? McGill, McGinn. Oh yeah. He's a fiddler. He started this email thread. Uh, we like actually exchanged email addresses, and we're like, let's never forget this jam, which is always kind of a, like, a silly thing to do because it's so in the moment, and it never quite translates to a recording. But we felt compelled to do that. It always
1: feels like old time music. It always feels better to play it than to listen to it. Yeah, you, I think <laughs> that's the story with old time music. It's time. a very
0: participatory music. Old time music it's sounds, or it's better than it sounds. Yes. Is that what? A yeah. Bumper sticker. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, speaking of which, how did you, how did you get into playing old time music? Please tell us. Oh
1: yeah, it's uh Well, it was pretty recently. It was. Uh, started playing old time music about two and a half years ago. Through our mutual friend Brad Clodner. whose uh, uh, study we're in right now. Right. Yes, we are recording. <laughs> bradley's office this is where he teaches banjo and there's banjos all around us so when you play a note uh the, all the banjos are like sing, me too <laughs> singing back to you but yeah i was better or worse the short stories i met him and he kind of introduced me to it i had no idea what it was i i knew what bluegrass was at the time i'd been playing bluegrass for i don't know maybe a couple weeks to a couple months yes. and i knew a, a few tunes and uh
0: Wait, I, when did you start leading the bluegrass jam? Right. Should we just go way back, or how? What do we? I don't. I don't care. Yeah. Um, how did you get into like playing traditional music? Period. This, Have you this, always played traditional music, or? Yeah, I'll, I'll start with Baltimore.
1: So I moved to Bal I, I live in Baltimore now, and I, I've been here for about three years or so. And uh, I was. I moved in with some friends who played music, but not traditional music and uh, one of them passed off a gig to me playing music for a church that had sort of a folky service and some of the songs were bluegrassy and so i for that gig i decided that i i could sing i decided it was possible i knew how to how to try to sing i knew i wasn't a good singer but i thought that would be a good time to start so i signed the contract for this this job and (laughs) And it said, I, "I will play guitar and sing." So oh, this that, is like a weekly gig. This was a weekly gig, oh, which man. I did up until a few months ago. So it was, it was my first like steady gig. Yeah. playing music. Have you done a lot? Of, had you done a lot of church gigs in the past? No, I mean this was I, I come from a non musical background. Yeah. So this was a period of my life where I was transitioning from my the other stuff I was doing. What
0: was the other stuff you were doing?
1: Uh so it was uh, so I was a biochem major. So I had a few jobs in in
0: labs coming out of school. Yeah, but when I I'm jumping all around here. No, I like it. I I want to know like how people got to old time because it's always it's... super different. And yeah, generally you're like a biochem major or something like. People often just like stumble into to old time like they they're like looking for it kind of you know. Um... I it's I think it was looking for
1: me. Mm. I think that's what happened. <laughs> I certainly wasn't looking for it. In fact, the first time I went to uh, Brad's old-time jam, I left because I thought it sounded bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then he he saw that I was there, and then we got together and jammed. But anyway, back to the so I was doing this this job at this church, and I was I was uh, learning some bluegrass tunes, and uh, it's a great music to start singing to. Yeah, is what I found out. And I I was learning the, the first song I learned to sing was uh, Bury Me Beneath the Willow Tree. Yeah. Originally made popular by the Carter family. And uh, also made popular by Ricky Skaggs and Tony Rice. But I happened upon the Chris Seeley Michael Daves version, mm-hmm. which I think had probably just recently been released. And there was something about the sound of that album that really got me hooked on Bluegrass. It was just that they have a different approach than the more traditional stuff and uh that 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 album really got me hooked on that music and i started learning more songs and then i remember i when i first uh went to the bill monroe and the traditional uh musicians I was like, this stuff sounds bad. Like They're singing out of tune. <laughs> Those fiddlers don't, you know, they're playing out of tune. Everything sounds out of tune. And yeah. the groove is kind of funny.
0: Like you're out of tune. <laughs> but which is funny because now I listen to that stuff. And I'm like, this
1: is yeah. just an incredible music. But it, your ears have to really adapt to it. Yeah. It's like any kind of music you have to, You. Uh, it's like what's familiar starts to sound better, yeah. I guess, in a way. It's not bad intonation. It's just different intonation. Yes. It's like on purpose. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, even when Bill Monroe sings blatantly out of tune, <laughs> which he does so often, especially in his later years, there's still something about like you get that guy's whole life in each note, and like yeah. even when those notes are out of tune, I can, I can, I can dig it somehow. So I was learning this bluegrass stuff for this church gig, and then I.
0: Were they playing like traditional like gospel, bluegrass kind of stuff? No, or? I mean the repertoire was sort of like that, but the sound was not that. Okay. It was
1: just we we drew from some of those songs. Things like "I'll Fly Away" and mm-hmm. and uh, Oh, I don't know. "Bear Me Beneath the Willow Tree." Um So so I was around that time I also started doing a an improv Playing for an improv comedy group in Baltimore called Big, the Baltimore Improv Comedy Group. And uh, I was doing a gig with them one day, and as I was walking to the gig, I noticed this festival going on. And it was, I didn't know what it was at the time, and they appeared to be sold out, so I couldn't even peek my head in. So I did my uh, improv gig, and I saw somebody had a wristband for this festival. And so I said, Oh, are you going to go back? And they're like, No, you can have the wristband if you want it. So I said, like, Oh, cool. So I got the wristband, and I went in there, and uh, I didn't even go to the stage. I, I'm still unfamiliar with this music. Didn't realize Tim O'Brien was playing on the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, caught the end of the show, but I didn't uh, knew who he was. I, I think I recognized Chris
0: Eldridge, the Punch Brothers guitar player. I think he was playing. I could be totally wrong, but this was so early on. Now, was this, was this after you had sat, like, listened to the old-time jam and decided that this it was... This was before, huh? Okay. I'm tracing my footsteps back
1: to how I came to old-time music. Yeah, please. Just in the later years. Anyway, we we could go way back, which would be interesting, too, but we'll start start here okay. before I give you my whole life story. Um, and anyway, I went in. I Tell saw me love. about your mom and dad. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. There's lots to be said. Tell me about your
0: childhood. <laughs> There's lots
1: to be said of why that actually makes me interested in old time music okay. believe it or not. All right, <laughs> at least I have theories uh, so anyway I was at this I caught the end, the very end of this bluegrass festival the Charm City Bluegrass Festival which they've had now for three years and this was the first year and I went in there and they had a, a group of people jamming off to the side so I ended up meeting some people that played bluegrass music and they're like oh you, you're a pretty decent guitar player and I'm like yeah I know like five bluegrass songs and so I got together and jammed with these people later And then somehow I had heard about this place. Liam Flynn's was looking to do more jam sessions. And uh, I had heard that there was an old time jam. I didn't know what old time music was. But uh, I was like, I think maybe I could start a bluegrass jam there. I was looking for like maybe more gigs and Mm -hmm. more people to play with. And so I started doing that. I knew like literally about 10 songs, uh, Blackberry Blossom and... Mm -hmm. Uh, Probably didn't know Whiskey Before Breakfast at that point, but I knew Bear Me Beneath the Willow Tree and a few other songs from the Thiele Daves record and uh, Cherokee Shuffle. And so I started this bluegrass jam, totally. A pretty good guitar player, but not a good bluegrass musician. Sure. But I was doing that, and then I thought I'd check out the old-time jam the other Tuesday. Mm -hmm. They were on alternate Tuesdays. So I went to the jam, and I, uh, I left because it... Sounded bad to me, <laughs> and I was like, I thought all the songs were just—it was just one long song, and and nobody was taking solos, nobody was singing, and it was just seemed strange to me, and I had no friends there, no friends. That was probably the real reason. Yeah. So I went, I went home, and of course Brad contacts me later, and we get together and jam, and I heard the sound of the old time banjo, and I was like, that is a fascinating sound, and I was kind of entranced by the groove of the instrument, and I think the banjo really, in a way, embodies the groove of old time music yeah. and it was very mysterious to me and I was intrigued by the music so I, I started going to the jam and uh, started playing more music so that was sort of the beginnings of and I guess I guess what kept me there there were many things but I guess from the beginning it was just that sense of community yeah
0: do you feel that same sense of community in the bluegrass like community or, or is yeah. it different is it better or worse I guess
1: how would you compare with me? I guess I'll clarify: not necessarily the community, but the way the music's played in a sort of communal fashion. Right, is what really attracted me to it early on. So the music itself being inherently communal is like what? How it's performed and how it's played. Yeah, like the elements of the music of bluegrass and old time are very similar. Right, most people can't recognize the difference. Right,
0: but the way it's performed.
2: Is Bluegrass isn't,
0: different. it's like sort of athletic and like, um, I guess more, more competition and stuff. Yeah. There's a
1: rotating spotlight, which leads to competition. Yes. Yeah. Which isn't necessarily bad, but sure. for me where I was at that moment, I felt great comfort and sitting down and playing music with people when there was no spotlight yeah. and we're all just playing the melody together. And even, I you know I'm not even playing the melody cause I'm the guitar player, I'm right. just strumming the chords cause that's my job. And that felt really good too, Mm -hmm. and to be able to uh, share the music, share the experience with everybody else, and there's zero pressure. And uh, I was coming from trying to play at jazz jams and trying to get jazz gigs, and (laughs) going to R and B jams, and and even bluegrass. It's a those can be very competitive worlds. And uh, old time music felt nourishing to me it felt like something that I wish I would have had when I was growing up actually and I think that was yeah
0: did you what What music did you
1: have growing up I had a my dad had quite a record collection so okay. it was like a, lots of jazz fusion stuff my mom listened to a little bit of folk stuff it was kind of like the folk pop I don't know how to it was like Nancy Griffith I remember I'm listening to one of her albums a lot and who else was there i listened to a lot of when I, one day at recess when i was in like second grade somebody put a pair of headphones on my head and played played for me metallica's and justice for all and i was hooked on that music yeah. so so i was very into rock music and metal and when i first started playing guitar when i was 12 i was learning a lot of black Sabbath and
0: so your musical upbringing was definitely more oriented around like listening to recordings and talking about recordings with other people as opposed to like you weren't like around a lot of music being made my mom played some piano but um, I didn't have
1: there were no professional musicians yeah and professional musicians musicians have a certain mentality of how they're approaching music so I had I was given the mentality of approaching music from a amateur musician, mm-hmm. which isn't good or bad. It's just different than somebody that's exposed sure. to. A, it's just a different way to think about music. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was we my family's everybody loved music and had a lot to say about music, but there weren't anybody there wasn't anybody that was a very accomplished musician. Sure. just a few hobbyists. My dad played a few chords on guitar. My mom played. Some uh, Bach and Chopin <clears throat> stuff on piano. It's a good, good seeds.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think the, the best better seasons. than most people
0: get growing
1: up. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, uh, there's a good record collection. There was a love for music. And as soon as I decided I wanted to play guitar by my best friend's suggestion, when I was 12 years old, my mom was very supportive and yeah. my parents have been always very supportive ever since then. Even when I make silly decisions like quit jobs and
2: <laughs> tell them,
0: I'd rather live under a bridge than do that job anymore. and <laughs> This is a biochem job, lab job? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I just, I just tend to make crazy decisions. They're not crazy to me. They're the only decision I can possibly make. Uh, yeah. But uh, maybe to some other people that sure. value things like security and safety, I might, might look like I make crazy decisions. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, there's other things than security. Right, like happiness. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you get both, but... Yeah, yeah. You gotta work kinda hard to get that. Uh, you wanna play this tipping back the corner? Sure, Yes.
1: yeah, let's do that. Why don't you start it off? Your instrument is more like a fiddle, so...
0: I always uh, get the uh, the A and B sections mixed up. Tipping back the corn. Yep, that's,
1: that's how old time music sounds, folks. Yeah, banjo and guitar, <laughs> like it was meant to be played. Uh
0: huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. bunch of plucks going on everywhere. Uh, tipping back the corn. I'm. A, I can only assume that means corn whiskey. I would, you know, unless somebody's making a corn smoothie. Corn
1: smoothies, a possibility too. <laughs> right now we're tipping back some ginger mm-hmm. tea.
0: I'm I'm peek behind the curtain yeah I'm thinking about calling the podcast that I don't know yet by the time I like publish this I'll have (laughs) some sort of title yeah I don't know it's hard to like sum up old time music in like one sort of catchy word that's not too expository or like I don't know Yeah, try to figure that out Tipping back the corn might be a little too too inside baseball. I don't know. People will be like, "What does that mean? Is this about? Is this an agrarian <laughs> podcast?" <Yeah. laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. So we're gonna play a couple songs. Yeah, we'll play a couple songs. I'm gonna do uh, "Hang Me." Let's do that. Hang me. Where'd you learn this song?
1: Where did I learn this song?
0: Did you learn it from uh, recording in a jam?
1: I sat down (laughs) and I learned it from... uh, God, he's the the guy guy? that makes the banjos up in Canada somewhere. He has (sighs) a duo with his wife. I don't know. What's his name? Mm, I can't think of it right now. All right. So I learned it from him, and I heard it because it's a very, right, very commonly played song. I think I probably first heard it from Brad playing it. Brad,
0: this one's for you. This song's just a big old middle finger. <laughs> this song—it's a very grumpy. Yeah, I like that song, about it. But it sounds so sweet. Someone that's checking out, that wants to check out from the world. Yeah, so that's the way
1: I think of it. They had some hard jobs. I'm they done. <laughs> said i'm going up on the mountain come get me then they got him apparently because then he was getting hung and then i like the verse i sing is the one where his family's like all right family you want to come see me i'm about to get hung you better come it's your last chance to see me like that too
0: (laughs) okay here we go
3: dead and gone Hang me, oh hang me and I'll be dead and gone It's not the hanging that I might It's laying in the jail so long I've been all around this world oh, I'm working on that new railroad With the mud up to my knees Working on that new railroad With the mud up to my knees Working for Big John Henry He's a mighty heart please I've been all around this world She's a friend. So long. I've been all around this world No, it's not the hanging that I might sleep the jail so long I've been all around this world <laughs> yeah. yeah! That's
0: good.
1: <laughs> we rehearsed those harmonies
0: for three hours before this. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hard, hard (laughs) one.
2: Yeah, dude.
0: Uh. Still in tune. Great. Um, You want to do that Alabama
2: waltz? Sure. Let's do it. Mm
1: Say that's Hank Williams? I learned it from a Hank Williams recording. I doubt he wrote it. Okay. Though he was from Alabama, maybe that's just the reason he chose to sing it. All right. I don't do my research with my songs. Um, they're mine. <laughs> yeah, that's totally I, fine. <laughs> 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 you, don't, yes. you don't have
0: to be some, old-time hipsters here. <laughs> yeah, some
1: people are really. uh yeah. It's like their mission, old-time music, and for me, old-time music is is uh provides me with a aspect of nourishing community and also it embodies a lot of the things that I value in music and also music, music education. Yeah. It's like, uh, if you look at all the, the early music education methods out there mm-hmm. and you look at all the elements and that are in them, it's all in old time music. But what's cool about old time music is that it's natural and that You don't have to force somebody to to do it that's funny as we're saying this there's a uh, cameron's baby theo is crying downstairs
0: (laughs) he knows he knows Um, yeah took him to took him to clifftop last year and mount airy
1: yeah that's where i met him last year yeah
0: yeah it was really sweet at at mount airy um it's awful uh uh, camping with an infant (laughs) <laughs> and you know he was only a few months old and so like uh you know it was like five o'clock in the morning and uh he was like wailing around and becca was like you know your turn <laughs> you probably went to bed a couple hours before yeah that. yeah <laughs> I went to bed super late so I was like that's fine you know we're we're here for me so I'll take him <laughs> and so i took him on a walk and I like went up the hill and there was this like this jam doing their like sort of Last few tunes, yeah, <laughs> five five, <laughs> five o'clock, o'clock in the morning as the sun's sun's they ju- rising. They had just finished the bottle bottle of whiskey, yeah, a
1: couple of minutes before,
0: yeah. And they were like in that high, you know, like exhausted but kind of buzzing state. And it was like, you know, they they sounded awesome. And uh Theo just I just sort of walked him around and bounced him around, and he was just sort of stared. And then he uh about twenty minutes, he fell back asleep. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like I said, pr- learn more. Learn more old-time melodies in that uh, those few
0: seconds than you learn in a day, probably. Yeah. <laughs> huh. And uh, I said thanks, and I took him back, went back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, he's so far. He's been pretty good about letting me let me play music and wanted to be around. We'll see what happens, but yeah, I like uh, the. The sort of uh, about old time that it's, um I feel like it's a mixture of the kinesthetic, you know, communal, aural, visual, like it's all, it's a very holistic, like kind of music. Like it's, it kind of makes the most sense to be there and to be able to smell the people that are playing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like. When you're, like, totally present. And that's not necessarily the case with, like, a lot of kinds of music that I do really like. But, like, old time is, like, yeah, it's, like, it's best when it's, uh, to use religious language, like, incarnate, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, like, uh, yeah. And I think that's why it's really, really satisfying to learn. Because it's it's all about what feels good on your instrument. I think the word for it's heterophony.
2: Oh, I Do you know, know this word? word? No.
0: I, I learned th- this word a long time ago, and no one ever uses it. But and I think that means it... I think what it... How I understand this word is that it's it's like mono, monophony, or monophony, yeah. uh, where it's like you're playing the same melody, oh, but, gotcha, gotcha. but you're playing sort of... It's like you're basically playing the same melody. It's like you're doing the skeleton, but you're kind of going through different pathways to get mm-hmm. there you know, in different ornaments. So like different players are playing the same thing, but they're not. That's sort of the idea as opposed right. to like counterpoint, you know, where it's like weaving in and out lines that like intricately connecting. It's like the point of it, especially for the melodic focused players is, you know, we're, we're, we're playing rhythmically together and we're kind of going up and down at the same time. But the way that you get there on banjo is different than the way that you get there on fiddle. And it sort of has more to do with like what falls underneath your fingers and what makes sense to do and what feels good and feels natural. Uh, and that's like sort of, you know, what folk music is all about, you know, it's like what what is the what is the thing that makes the most holistic sense to do the music that makes the most holistic sense to make, you know? And, um, yeah, it's really like satisfying to play it that way. I, I do get really heady and and intellectual about it too, you know, but like my time when I have the best, the best time is when I'm like, you know, in the moment and not, and I'm just, and I'm listening with my like, not with my inner ear, that's like balance. I'm like listening like with my whole person and mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not like trying to figure out what notes other people are doing. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to what they're doing. Yeah. And sort of not thinking about what notes to play, but just sort of channeling it back.
1: Yeah. You I, know? I call it, I differentiate those two types of listening. I call it child listening and adult listening.
0: Yeah, so you're talking... The the second kind is child listening? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Child listening. I mean, there's probably more elegant way to say that, but I... No, I like that.
1: But that's how I explain it to students, and that's how I think about it for myself. And I think of uh, the first kind of listening. It's like an innocent listening. It's what kids do naturally. And it's the same way that adults learn auditory memories. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. and that it's a natural process if you just pay attention to something and participate with it in some way, with rhythm and uh, with voice. For some reason, uh, kids don't have to sing along, but they're singing along in the inside. It's like yeah. And I do this too when I listen to music. I always try to predict what the next phrase is going to be as I'm learning a song mm-hmm. in my head, and that's that's like it kind of, it's like a, keeps me actively listening otherwise it's easy to go into passive mode but so that's like you're not thinking about the intervals or the notes yeah in that style of listening and that's how those memories are encoded through repetition yeah which is one cool thing about old-time music is that you play the tunes over and over Uh again so people are getting this stuff whether they want to or not if you're participating and it's a really cool experience to be in a, a jam because you have all these different brains that come together and you uh get to share each database of tunes and so mm-hmm. you might know 80% of a tune or you might know this version but you put all these different brains together and all of a sudden there's this exchange of information
0: yeah for yeah. those of you who are like in unfamiliar with the genre it's like uh, there's thousands of tunes and thousands of versions of like each tune you know like and there's like these source recordings but there's also the 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 tradition the non-recorded tradition that's passed on and so you know, uh, most people. Some people know a thousand tunes, but not very many people. Most people know a few tunes and can lead confidently a, thir- a few tunes. So the idea is you get people who know uh, compatible styles and and tunes together, and they're teaching each t- quote unquote teaching each other the tunes. They don't like go through it note for note. The idea is that you're more speaking a shared language and vocabulary and um there's i mean like there's like a licks that you play you know that just sort of makes sense on your instrument and uh you kind of learn how to like tie them together in a way that um is is the tune mm-hmm. <laughs> still air quotes um and uh yeah so it's you don't rehearse it it's everyone's like learning it on the fly and even if you're even if you call a tune that you know how to play, um, someone else might be like, I know that tune and they'll start playing it. But it's it's like, okay, I could see how you could call that, the, you know, um, Five Miles From Town or something. But that's not what I play. So then you have to decide, am I going to like um, match that person? Am I going to play my own thing? Are we going to like make some sort of compromise together? So like, the the tradition is like constantly like constantly changing and the even though the melodies are they have their roots you know like in the 1800s they're like constantly evolving and i mean we're certainly not playing it right now we're certainly not <laughs> playing it how they were playing it a long time ago so yeah yeah but
1: yeah and like you said when you put it on a different instrument too i always go to the fiddles to learn instruments or, to learn instruments Uh well yes I learned my instrument through fiddle music yeah but I learned the melodies from the fiddle yeah and I try to play just like that but then inevitably there's going to be something that's physically a little bit easier to do right on the guitar or even the mandolin you got to change some stuff around and so then I'll try to figure out and I'm still it's a to me a good traditional musician is somebody that really knows how to take a melody like a sung melody and then translate it to their instrument that's a really tough thing to do to really maintain the integrity of a, a melody, but use the strengths and avoid the weaknesses of yeah. your given instrument. And I'm uh, still learning to do that on the guitar. But uh, yeah. And an- another thing with that, the process of playing those tunes, you get to, so you're sharing all these, this database <coughs> of information that each person has. Excuse and me. so the collective brain is like much more powerful than the individual brains, which is kind of neat. And then there's also the experience of performing it with each other where if you're all focused on the same melody, it's like, it's a kind of communication because we're sharing internal interior experiences. Like I am to, in order to play this, uh, play any music well, you have to have a mental image, like a mental script that's playing in your head. And it becomes very, through practice of an instrument, it becomes very, uh, Um, bonded with the actual physical act but it's like the mental image becomes so strong it's so strongly connected with things you've practiced on your instrument and then when you're playing with music with other people it's like y'all you're holding a similar mental image so it's a kind of like human connection that i think if there's anything that's that speaks of why i'm interested in this music it's that phenomena and it's yeah, I think it's what I'm reaching for when I look at my Facebook news feed. Uh-huh. And I want to connect with somebody, but it doesn't really give it to uh-huh. you. And you. And you get it when you're talking to people, and you get it when you're singing with somebody, and you get it when you're playing music with somebody, especially when you're playing. I think the melody together because it's you're you're both holding that mental script or image in your head together as you play the song, and it's a kind of i I always feel connected with people after I play this kind of music, and it's much easier for me to remember somebody's name too after I've played a few tunes mm. with them. okay, now tell me your name and then I've played five tunes with you, and I remember you're the guy that did this on the banjo and yeah, and we shared this experience together.
0: Do you feel like a do you feel like a, a different person after starting to play old time music I mean obviously you're a different person because you started it a while ago, but like, do you feel like you're a different person because of playing old time music? Do you feel like,
1: yeah, maybe, uh, hopefully recognizably different. (laughs) Maybe not because we're always working with the same lump of clay we've started with just adding to it and subtracting from it. But, uh, old time music. It was, I, I started to realize these deeper things about these deeper realizations about music in general, and then when I found old time music, I was like, wow, that style of music embodies and like the my my uh relationship to learning music and to playing music with other people is like there's all these aspects that are just there in old time music. And that's that's it was so attractive to me mm-hmm. that like, oh, this is the best way to learn music is through repetition. It gets it into your long term memory and hear the style of music, it does that automatically. You can't help but do that. I always tell my, the, the few students that I have, I try to convince them that it's a good idea to listen to stuff over and over again, that listening to music is the most important thing and uh, rarely can you convince somebody that they should sit alone and listen to something over and over again, sing along with it. But you put somebody in an old time jam, yeah, they're doing yeah. it automatically. Yeah. So folks, the future of uh, increasing the musical aptitude of the masses is through things like old time music. Mm-hmm not uh, through us sitting alone in rooms and playing music, although I do that quite a lot.
0: <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Um, I want to do... Uh, so we're going to do this chickaman hunting, but it's uh, but it's in D, and it's not chickaman hunting, the one that you normally play in A. And you just taught it to me, and I've already forgotten it. <laughs> um, so I can start it off. I bet it'll come back. You, you started off um give it a real real clear potatoes. <laughs> so <laughs> we had like a little philosophical like exchange about where one is while we were trying to figure out this tune together. Where the first beat of the song. Yeah, the first beat of the song is um, Yeah, maybe you start you start it off. Hang on to the melody for like a few times through sure. with me before you start <laughs> uh, going other places. Then I'll hopefully be able to keep it going. Um, do you want to do two more? You want to do Spotted Pony after this? Sure. I want to do Spotted Pony okay. after this. Like, sure. That's a you good put that trick. on the list, and I still want to do it. Yeah. That's a good tune. All right, okay. start it off. Got the shivers a little bit.
2: That's, <laughs> that's some that...
0: sp- spooky old time right there. Yeah, I learned it
1: from Art Stamper version. Art Stamper. Uh, I think I kept the melody mostly the same and learned it from a video of him playing at Clifftop and added a few different
0: chords to it. Right on. <laughs> How many different chords? <laughs> oh, it's like 10 t- different chords. A <laughs> few.
2: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Dude, that's great. <laughs> All right. Um, thanks for thanks for doing this podcast, man. This is really fun. Thanks for having me. Good to be in Baltimore, playing music with people, outside of a, a festival or yeah. It's really good. It's what I want. Should we
1: end with
0: the spotted pony? Let's end with that spotted pony. Let me just make sure I'm still playing
2: notes. All right. Good enough.
0: All right. You want to do that? Most people do that as the A section. You're right. (laughs) Let's do that. Let's do that. Okay. Take two. Uh, So that Clifftop Jam that we mentioned, I'm pretty sure that's when Luke and I met, all the way back in 2014. I still have those recordings, and this week's bonus track is a double header from our session. I think that jam is when I really fell in love with old time. For me, the tradition sort of cracked open, and I really saw inside. That evening was sort of a confluence of creativity, freedom, and joy. And I forgot who all was in it until I looked at the email list. Check out this all-star lineup. Eli Strauss, Finn McGill, Scotty Leach, Martha McDowell, former guest of the show Rachel Rosenberg, Mark Kiliansky, me, Luke, and I'm pretty sure Bertram Levy is playing concertina. Sorry if you were there and I didn't mention you. It was dark and I didn't know anybody at the time. Anyway, I'm going to share two tunes from that jam for supporters of the show. The first is Cookhouse Joe. We play it for quite a while, and about halfway through, Luke lets out his leash, and the jam takes an interesting turn. The second tune is Walk Along John to Kansas, and it's just real pretty. If you want to hear those tunes, you can sign up to be a sustaining financial supporter of the show. Go to CameronDeWitt.com and click the button that says Patreon. There you'll see the different levels at which you can give and their corresponding rewards. I also put a link in the description of this episode. Please do check out Luke's newest music, stringsound.bandcamp.com. It's a beautiful collaboration between him and Nicholas Horner, all original music. I put a link in the description. Luke also wanted me to invite you to the Bluegrass Jam at Liam Flynn's in Baltimore, if you're in the area, on a Tuesday night. Thanks for listening, friends. Make sure to come back next week for more Get Up in the Cool.